Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to uh, The Immortals. Thank you for listening to The Immortals Beyond the Illusion podcast, where we openly and authentically discuss our experiences living as a spirit in human form and how we get out of that, how we crawl out of that. What do we do while we're here? Um, What is our purpose on this planet as spirits? Um, And as we are here for this brief amount of time, as human beings, how do we make the best of it um, as a spirit living in a limited form. So that's what we talk about on this show. And this is truly an education where you will not get anywhere else. Today, we are going to talk about relationships and the ego. So we'd like to see what everyone has in mind about that, see what other people are thinking, and to get some views from our regular guests. I'm Nikki. I'm your host. And... My co-host is Sean. Say hello, Sean. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. And we also have Brandon on the line. Hello. Hello. Hi, Brandon. We also have Brandon. Um, So today (laughs) we are going to talk about um, relationships and ego and what that means. Um, if you want to call in, our call-in number is 347-215-8639. I'll repeat that throughout the show. If you want to email us, our email address is U-R, letter U, letter R, immortal, at gmail.com. Two, two. You are immortal, two. You are immortal, two. Thank you very much yes. for correcting that. You're so welcome, You are immortal, Two, as in the number two. Right. Number two. At gmail.com. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay, so this podcast, what we're going to do is it's run as a multi-level card game. We've got several people who are regular speakers on the panel, and I'm going to be the referee. I'm going to be the umpire, and we are going to play as follows. So right now we've got Nikki, Sean, and Brandon on the line. So Nikki will pass to Sean. Sean will pass to Brandon. And then once everyone has a chance to speak, then you have a chance to return um, by stating your name or saying return, and then you can say something else. So just so that we don't talk over one another. And then as 
people come in, if they want to call in or if they want to stay on the line, we'll incorporate them into our poker games, spiritual poker games. So um, let's first talk about what our ideas are of what it means as far as relationship and ego. Now, do we want to talk about relationships? It's all relationships. That's why we're here. We're here on Earth primarily for relationship purposes. We enter, we, once we are born, we're entered in certain relationships. So this could be a huge topic, but I'm thinking Absolutely. that everyone out there is interested in the romantic relationships or the love relationships because those are that's the topic that most people think of when you think of relationship. When you're in a relationship, you're thinking of the love relationship, romantic relationship. Um, anybody else have any other ideas of we kind of want to concentrate on one thing for today. And if we want to expand on it, we can certainly carry this over to another show. We've got two hours tonight, so we um, certainly can use that two hours to discuss this and whatever else it kind of morphs into. We'll just let it flow organically. And let see it what flow. Happens. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, relationships... So, it's pretty much how, you know, we relate, pretty much how we define ourselves. You know, you define yourself in contrast to something else. So every interaction that you come in, any, every every interaction that you have, you're essentially in a relationship. Even if it's somebody, you know, if you're walking past them in a grocery store and you exchange salutations, it's an exchange. It's a relationship. What you are in relation to that person, you're just a bystander. Or in a in an intimate at an intimate capacity, that's the real deep part. That's what I really want to get into. You know, the intimate capacity in the relationship there, and pretty much how the ego dictates what kind of relationship you have. First of all, it dictates what kind of partner you you attract into your life. You know, if you're living primarily from ego, you're going to attract for the most part, those superficial partners that reflect those superficial, egotistical aspects of yourself. So, you know, it, it goes from the physical all the way down to, you know, attracting someone who is supremely insecure because if your ego is telling you that you need to be in control, you're attracting that type of person. This is a real deep topic. You know what I'm saying? And you can go all over the place with it. But you know, I'm I'm I want to go everywhere with it, so I just kind of counterpunch. You know what I'm saying? I'll just add into wherever it goes, and we'll just go from there. Because I want to go all the way up to to the top with it. Brandon. Hello. Well, one thing I do want to do is define. Let's talk about ego because most of the time. When we define ego, or when we say ego, people think of someone has an ego as in they think they are better than someone else, or they think that they are um, have a lot of pride. But ego goes to the extent of anything where you are looking for any type of value or validation mm-hmm. Outside of yourself, you are feeding ego. Um, 
anytime you need something or someone to make you feel like you have any kind of worthiness is ego. Thanks. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. I agree. How's that sound? Yeah, just so that we know when we say ego, because we'll be using the word ego, and we use a lot of the word ego on the show quite a bit. So when you are defining the word ego, when you're using ego in a sentence or describing it so that we all know we're on the same page, it has nothing to do with, well, it has very little to do with what we tend to think is ego. Right. Which is the, uh, you know, macho, um, high and mighty, someone very proud, someone yeah, who, yeah. you know, thinks that they're better than someone else. Right. That's just a very, very, very small definition of ego. Right. Exactly. When I, well, primarily when I use the ego, I'm basically, that word can be interchanged with fear or lower self. You know, lower self, fear based. Ego, all the same thing. Your lower nature, your primal nature, your 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 survival nature, your your fear based nature. That's ego. That's how I primarily use it. I very rarely use it in describing machismo or bravado or um, pride and all those other things. That that pretty much hides the the word the aspect of ego and what ego is. So when you hear somebody say ego, well, most people hear somebody talking about the ego, that's the first thing that they jump to. No, I'm not egotistical. I don't have a big ego. But, you know, that's that's just probably the most minute aspect of the ego, if you ask me. It is a very simplified aspect. Brandon, do you have anything to add about your definition of when you say ego, since we're going to be talking about ego a lot? on this show, um, your definition of what you think ego is other than what most people <coughs> think of as far as thinking you're better I'm than someone that, else. I'm showing that Brandon dropped. This is called dropped. Right. I, I am here now. I apologize about that. My phone was acting up earlier. Um, I would say that I agree with both statements. Um, that were stated earlier. And I think the ego is the false uh, sense of self that we create in our minds um, that we outwardly project onto other people. Um, And that's what I feel ego is as of now. Yeah, I think most people don't realize that it's ego that runs their life. And when you're making a decision or when you are seeking out or attracting other people, it's actually your ego that is attracting those other people. So if you, whatever you are basically is what you attract. Mm -hmm. So people who think that they are in, why do I keep attracting the same type of person? Or why am I attracting this? It's what you are emanating or the vibration that you're giving out that that person picks up on, and that's why you are... um, getting the same type of person. Like Sean was discussing earlier about ego basically is fear. So what you fear, what you resist, that's what you are attracting. 
I don't think I don't think it's something that I don't think ego is something that's cultivated. I think ego is something that we're born into. I think once we come into this reality, once we 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 come into these flesh suits, that's essentially what this body is. This body is the personification of ego. That is, you know, the the, the king born in the manger. We're born into ego, i.e., shit, and the key. <laughs> while you're here is to ascend out of this lower nature, ego, into your higher nature. So once you come here, once we come into this reality, that's ego right there. When you're a babe, that's your ego. That's your nothing. I mean, if you don't believe that, look at a child. Observe a child and everything that they do and how me-eye-oriented they are and how fear-based everything is. Everything relates to them from a pure perspective, you know. And all of the things that we indoctrinate into and the things that are ingrained in our psyche are none of those things contribute to your higher nature. All of those things contribute to your ego. So by the time you're at the point where you're in a position where you're starting to cultivate relationships, emotional relationships, intimate relationships, and or otherwise, you're buried under so much egotistical bull. You, first of all, don't know who you are, what you are, and all of your definitions are not self-subscribed, but doctrinated. So the people and the relationships that you attract from that perspective only reflect the egotistical part of yourself. And that's when you get into the point where you're starting to track these relationships. And of course, again, it reflects your egotistic yourself. And within those relationships, your ego is always, your ego and their ego, red eyes with one another and trying to win, dominate over the other. Conjure up all of these things, all of these different perspectives to try to make yourself right within that dynamic. So would you say that basically there are four people in every we're talking about Absolutely. love relationships. There are four Absolutely. there are four entities yep. in every relationship. It's, it's a four, yeah. the couple yep. and their ego. Yep. Yep. The couple the couple no, and I would even go as far <laughs> as it's the couple, their egos and their representatives. Or is that part Absolutely. of the <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's six people in every relationship. Mm-hmm. Six teams and six entities in every relationship. Mm-hmm. Until you decide or until you can become vulnerable and surrender, which most people can't, um, there are six people in the relationship. <laughs> That's why people fall out of love. Right. Well, you ever even get close enough to get to know the person in order to actually love. So when you say you're in a love relationship or you love someone, are you is their representative just talking to your representative, or do you actually even get to know who you're with? Right. I think it's a little more subtle than that. It's not exact. It's the representative in relationship to some aspect of themselves. But the, the representative is 
the facade. You know, you have some aspects of who you are, and it's almost amplified or magnified by the egotistical shell. You know what I mean? So you're not completely, you know, a bystander and watching this this lower self kind of just take over and 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 be its own entity. There's a little you sprinkled in there, you know, but primarily the you that is sprinkled in there is your lower state, you know, the, the fight, flee, flee, fight, fear, or whatever, the four Fs. <laughs> the reptilian brain. Medulla oblongata. Uh, I exactly. like to hear that. Medulla oblongata. So basically all the automatic functions. So everything that... Get behind me. There's no real thinking or upper-end thinking involved. It's just kind of the whole automatic. Absolutely. Functioning. Absolutely. And everything that you learn, everything that you observe, it it points you in that direction. Instant gratification. Everything that we participate in feeds that aspect of ourselves. You know, and we live with this person that we ourselves don't even really know. You know, all we know is, you know, the the, the need for this, the need for that, the need for the other, but it never comes close to explaining your authenticity. You know, it's just a, it's an accumulator of things, if you will. That's exactly what it is, an accumulator of things, things that will gratify it, things that will allow you to live, Things that will make you grow. Mm. That's truly antithetical, completely antithetical to who and what you really are. So, what is an authentic relationship? An authentic relationship is living from your true self, living outside of the physical or fleshly desires, living outside of the ability or the need to be right. Mm. You know, when you're in a relationship, most people are only in a relationship to prove themselves right. That's it. Mm. That's it, man. Look, that is the most any intimate relationship. You will go through hell and high water to prove yourself right. Whatever right is, you're going to make that mistake. If you attract somebody into your life, that is going to bolster and prove Whatever dynamic it is that you are to Okay, I'm hearing That's some deep. background sound from I don't know if it's Brandon or if it's Sean. Sounds like there's a lot of background like knocking around. Just FYI. Okay. okay. Well, I definitely think that um, so far as an authentic relationship, I think that you can only really love somebody once you see their ego crack. Um, Because when you first meet someone, usually it is your ego, as Nikki said it earlier, um, uniting with that person. So when you see that facade and the personality and all that, fade away, you are left with that person's energy, unconscious mind and conscious mind. And I feel like at that point, if you can accept that person, that's how you know if you love that person or not, if you love yourself enough. Because every every part um, 
that you see in that other person is a reflection of you. So if you see a, a fragmented piece of someone else and um, it's bothering you, I feel like that is your ego looking at itself. Right. 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 And there are a couple of things to that. Um, when you said you, you know, you have to love yourself enough. I think the relationship that you seek with another is a relationship you need to have with yourself first. Mm-hmm. You can't love yourself. You have to be what you are seeking. Most people, I know, especially women. There's women who have this long list of this person has to be <laughs> forty-five things. Before I give my heart to this person, when if they if you ask them, well, how many of those things are you? Very few. So, what are you bringing to the relationship? What are you offering? Not because the other person needs it or is requiring it, but because you need to be whole and not look for what you want from this other person. So, when we are singling out, when we are looking for relationships, a lot of times we are looking for someone to give us which we don't have. Because we're thinking instead of instead of sorry, I'm being distracted by um my producing hat right at the moment. But instead of trying to be all of those things and then that person can complement what we have, we're looking for them to fill in those empty spaces. So that is why when we get into relationships, um, you're looking at, you want that person to make you happy, which, of course, you know one to make you happy, or to make you feel special, or to make the person, that person needs to make you feel special. or And you're constantly trying to get this person to prove to you that you love me, because you don't feel that for yourself. So first you have to be what you are asking the other person to be. You have to be the mm-hmm. love that you are asking for, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this, let me post this quote that I, that I found. There's this book called from Ascending from Both Feet by Jeff Brown which I thought was really good, too, and it says, in so many love relationships, there seems to be a runner, someone who is more loose and a chaser, someone who is more eager to connect. Often these are established patterns. Some of us tend to either chase or flee in every relationship, but not always. As many of us have fears in both directions, the fear of abandonment and the fear of being engulfed. And lift out both patterns at varying times. As we do our women, we patterns to get more comfortable with you. With only those that meet us on equal footing, eye to eye, heart to heart, that's when the real vulnerability begins. So I think what Brandon was saying earlier about you don't, you can't really be in love with someone until they drop the ego, until they're willing to be naked, until they're willing to be vulnerable. You're not really in a relationship. It's your representative that's in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times, because of our fears, we are afraid of losing ourselves in relationships, or we feel like as soon as you get into a relationship, all you're doing is trying to trying to keep the person in the relationship. So, again, mm-hmm. your 
quote unquote ego or your representative is trying to continuously impress this person or hide your flaws or hide what you think the other person is going to approve of, <laughs> not on equal footing and you're not looking eye to eye and sooner or later that's going to give and that's going to cave. You can't keep that up forever, which is what I think is when relationships fall apart. Or the person loses interest or you figure out that you're incompatible. But a lot of times we enter those same patterns because we're looking for the same person over and over in a different body because they have those things that we think we're lacking. Talk about that. Sean. Yeah, you on here? Yeah, I'm on here. Oh, please. I don't have any other phone. Okay, so we've got Adam and Cole. We've got Danielle on the line, too. Okay, so I think a lot of times or oftentimes the difference between successful relationships and those that are not successful, um, and we can define success, too because not all relationships are meant to be forever, possibly. Um, But it is, if you're meeting eye to eye, if you're willing to drop the ego and be vulnerable, but both, there has to be uh, equally between both parties, and someone who feels whole enough that they're not looking for another person to fill in those voids. What relationship outside of what what relationship is anybody in until they learn better that they're not trying to fill a void? Every relationship, every intimate relationship that is being had at this point, until you learn better, until you learn that you are enough, every relationship that you're in is filling a void. With someone yeah. coming along, okay. I can't hear you. No. Yes. Yes. You're fading. Oh. How about now? You're fine now. Okay. You know, it's like everything, every relationship that you're in until you learn better is a relationship that is to fill a void. None of these relationships that we're talking about are authentic relationships in regard that they are an accompaniment to what you already have and you're satisfied with within yourself. So when you're operating from that perspective, you're already operating at a deficit because you're trying to complete something in yourself outside of yourself. And that's never going to happen. It's never going to work. That's why so many relationships fall apart. And a lot of these people that go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these big weddings not really understand what it is that they're getting into when they're setting themselves up for failure each and every time because everything that they're searching for, that, that they're supposed to be searching for within themselves, they're trying to find that in a mate. And he's basically trying to do the same thing with her. You know, if he has these deficiencies or deficits, she's supposed to come along and and you know, add 
to the deficit or add to the deficiency or, or correct the deficiency, but at the same time, from an emotional perspective, that shouldn't be the case. You know, most people are looking to find happiness in somebody else. You're supposed to make me happy. You know, and, and that's primarily the gist of most of the relationships that are going on out here. And that's why they all fail, because no one outside of you can make you happy. So until you get to the point where you understand that fact, you're always going to be in a relationship that's lacking, because you're lacking. Right. And even more than that, you know, you get into a relationship and you, you know, somebody singles you out and makes you feel special and you love this person, and then after a while, you can't sustain that because, um, after a while, when that person, like you said, you're looking for this person to make you happy, but after a while, when that person is no longer making you happy, and you know, ego doesn't realize that the the pain that comes from this person is not making me happy. Maybe I don't really actually love this person anymore. You think that it's coming from this person when it's actually coming from the pain that you feel inside, or whatever it is that you're trying to cover up by trying to get with this person in the first place, and you know, the ego believes that the person is causing the pain, and so you go to another person. And after a while, everything is fine, and then you go to another person, and then you are keep permanently, you keep trying to get a permanent solution to cover up something that is in you in the first place. It has nothing to do with all of these outside sources. So people tend to go from relationship to relationship to relationship once that, I call the honeymoon stage is over. They lose interest or they move on because you can't sustain the cover-up any longer. So, again, you don't want to become vulnerable. You don't want to surrender to that because that means you're opening yourself up to more pain. Um, Most people leave relationships when they don't feel the, you know, butterfly honeymoon stage anymore. That's neat. Okay, I think something's going on with your microphone because you're cutting in and out. What are you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I said that is um, very deep. Are you talking about Sean? Yeah. It's probably because I'm on speaker, but I'm off. Hey, Brandon. Okay. Go ahead, Brandon. Okay. (laughs) I was just going to say I definitely agree with what you just stated so far as using relationships to cover up psychological pain. Um, You know, there was a time in my personal life where I used all of my relationships with family members, with spouses, friends to cover up that that void of lack. And um, it wasn't until all those relationships were basically ended. Um, the, I guess the ego of those relationships were ended. Um, I had to learn how to have conscious relationships with not relying on someone um, someone to complete me or someone to do really anything for me psychologically. And, you know, and I found that my relationships are better now because of that. I mean, and yeah, they're still challenging at times because the ego, you know, will come at times and 
have to continue to be conscious and aware that it's there. Um, but I, I find myself not needing my spouse to mend anything for me or to take the pain away or to make me feel any other way than what I feel because that's not that's not anyone else's problem or job but mine. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Um, and to realize that one thing that I've had to learn is to realize that I'm responsible for my feelings and that no one can make me feel bad or hurt or that is my response or my reaction to whatever it is that is happening to me or is being said to me. So I can no longer say without some serious reflection on myself, you hurt my feelings or you made me mad or you did this or you because I'm responsible for how I receive whatever message it is that I receive for myself. So that definitely is one thing that I've learned um, dealing with relationships is I'm in charge of my own feelings so and, and not to take things personal. When people say things to you or do things to you, it has more to do with them than it has to do with me. Oh, my God. You know, I um, I know that you've seen it in the group today, the, the post that I put in there. I think it was yesterday. Um, the one by Eckhart Tolle, the one that says that mm-hmm. the moment that someone defines you, makes any type of judgment, that's usually them defining themselves first. Right. And when I, when I read that, I was, like, jumping up and down, like, oh, my God, there it is, there it is. Because so many times we meet people or we come in, uh, we have these encounters and we define people. And that's, I think it's human nature to define someone else. Um, it's natural. So, I mm-hmm. mean... To realize that every time I'm projecting something onto someone else, it's always me that that I feel that way about me, and I um I, I feel that the key is to not run away from relationships because I I feel like that is the ego, um you know like just to not have any relationships or not to be in in any romantic relationships or just anything like that uh, because I feel like the the key for me. And I feel like for everyone, it's to already be whole, and then you can have the love in your life. You can have the friendships. You can have you can have healthy relationships with every person you come in contact with, even if that person has um, an enlarged ego or they have a low vibration. Of course, you're in relationship with yourself only. Even when you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship with yourself. So when that person is doing something that's antithetical to what you like or what you think is right, you only notice that. You're only, you know, pushing that away because it's out of agreement with what it is that you would desire. Seldom do we say, you know what, I don't like the way they do that, but I'm going to put up with it because, you know, that's what a relationship is about. I mean, we do it temporarily, we do it sporadically, but for the most part, when you're in a relationship, your relationship is a direct reflection of you. Your per- the person that you're staring at in a relationship from an intimate capacity is a direct reflection of you. And the moment that or any of those boundaries that are out of line with you, that's where the rub starts. You know what I'm saying? That's where the conflict comes in. 
Right. That's when the conflict comes in. And basically everything that you, uh, to go back to um, what Brandon was saying earlier about the Eckhart Tolle quote, um, we see things, one of my favorite quotes is, we see things as we are, not as they are. Because we can only see things through our lenses. So when you are looking at someone and you're saying something about them, it's basically how you feel. It's something about them that you don't like about yourself or makes you uncomfortable about yourself. And that's what I mean by so being one of the things that I yourself. Right. So there's one of the one of the things that um I learned too is like when someone irritates me, it's what is it about them that I don't like about me? Right. Oh, what man. are they reflecting, and what are they reflecting about me that it is that I'm uncomfortable with? They're stirring something up in me that I haven't dealt with, that I'm uncomfortable with. And so, when we enter, you know, any kind of relationship, especially romantic relationships, we are looking to, especially growing up in this society. And I'm going to, as you know, I grew up. I've been a, a female my whole life this time around, so. I'm going to use that as an example. <laughs> um, we grow up in this society where we're watching, you know, Cinderella and all the little happily ever after stories, and we think that's what we're supposed to have. It's supposed to be swept off our feet and happily ever after. And so we enter into these relationships where we think that I'm supposed to be swept off my feet. He's supposed to prove that he loves me every single day, and he's supposed to do things for me. And I'm supposed to have this, to have this happy life, and you're supposed to do this. And and when you don't get that, you think that you, first of all, that you failed, and then on top of that, you have the whole, um, I'm supposed to, no matter what, what, be the whole ride or die chick, and I'm not supposed to give up on you, and I'm supposed to be there no matter what. I'm supposed to, if I don't, you know, I'm not supposed to give up on somebody. And times are hard. If you really love somebody, you don't give up on them. And there are so many traps that women enter into. Right. Because society tells you this is what you're supposed to be. And especially dealing with, especially as a black woman and black men.
attract the same person with the same trash. The person with the same trash or similar trash. <laughs> time after time after time after time after time. You continue to, you know, exchange Johnny for Jerry, and Johnny and Jerry have the same propensity to do the same type of stuff. And what does that say about you? Oh, but also, you know, when does the average person have the bell go off? And I've seen this, and I, I know people in their 50s who don't get this. And they continue to bring the same person into their life over and over and over again. But they never draw the correlation that, hold up, there's something in me that's attracting this type of person in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's why I keep coming back to, you know, when you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship with you first, period. You know, and all those those those, those terms of mobility that go along with it when you're saying, you know, I'm going to be this for my man and I'm going to be that, you're in it for you. You're always getting something out of it, even if that's getting your ass kicked. You're getting your ass kicked because that's what you want. That's what you feel comfortable. You know, that's what you've seen on somewhere along the line. You know, you saw that and you think through the correlation that that's, that's familiar and comforting. So you keep attracting that same type of person into your cipher over and over and over again. So, you know, it gets to the point where, and again, I see this a lot, and I, I, I've seen this throughout most of the people that I know, and they continue to do the same thing over and over, and they never draw the correlation that, hold up, it has to be something with me. You know, you just continue to keep chasing that tail throughout your life. You know, when when does that stop? And how does that stop? That basically comes from within. That's something that you have to draw the conclusion yourself, unless somebody on the outside, unless you go and you ask someone for some type of advice, and they bring it to your attention. But if, if it's not, if, if you're not, you have to question yourself really and figure out what it is that you truly, truly want and what you deserve. If you feel as though, if, if you don't have, I guess, an, an inclination on what it is that you want or deserve, you're going to keep going through it, through it, through it, through it. A lot of times people don't realize that the things that you're getting is what you're asking for. You're asking for it. You might ask for, again, you have to get into specifics. You might ask for a man who's a hard worker. He might be a hard worker, but that motherfucker might drink his ass off. He might whoop your ass whenever he do get drunk, but he a hard worker. But right. you got that comes from basically, I mean, I, I've, I've actually over the past few years <clears throat> chose to not be in a relationship because I needed to sit back and think. And be like, okay, girl, well, this is who you are. This is what you you want or you want to attract to your life. So, in, in one sense, um, you know, Joe, I actually sat down and I described this specific person, and I get him wrapped up in a fucked up shell. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, but this is what you asked for. So I had to take a hiatus from that and actually sit down and think about what it is that I'm you know, what message I'm sending out there. So I had to regroup, and I had to think about, like, seriously think about it, and I'm still going through that, still thinking about, you know, what is it that I want, what is it that I'm trying to attract. So whenever I do get any in a, in a relationship, whether it's just a, a intimate relationship with a friend or whatever the case may be, 
my ego shows up in the worst of ways, and it's almost like the people that I've attracted, I've dealt with, like you said, they're representatives. And I'm so sick of dealing with the representatives that I've sat back and I said, okay, I need to expose the real me. This is who you're dealing with when you get me. Five years down the road, this is who I'm going to be with. And I like to communicate, you know, and revisit whatever boundaries we may set in the beginning. I like to do self-inventory on a regular basis simply because I need to know who I am and who I'm attracting. So when you have that person who's going through that same relationship over and over and over and over again, you see it, but they don't see it. They don't have, I guess, the bell didn't go off as to say, damn, why do I keep attracting this person? You, you, you know what that is, too? That's also ego because they still, you know, there's a part of them that prideful aspect of ego that refuses to say, no, nah, that's not me. I'm not right. taking my own ass. That's right. not me doing that. You know what I'm saying? And right. and, 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 and how that, that adage goes, be the change that you want to see. When you change, invariably, your 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 relationships change. Right. They, your relationships are always a reflection of you. Right. Period. So if you want an authentic person, be more authentic. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you want somebody who's living from whatever perspective that you want to present, be that. Be that within yourself, and ultimately that will reflect on the outside of you. He will come in, and he will bear the same resemblance that you are. Right, you know, and 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 that's one of the tricks, that's one of the traps and 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 the tricks of the ego. You know, you get into that prideful thing and say, "No, nah, I wouldn't do that to myself. I wouldn't keep attracting the same <laughs> right. person in my right. life." Right, you know, and you 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 get caught in that cycle where you're continually running around like a dog on a track, and you're not getting anywhere, and you're your own worst enemy. Again, it's always you first. It's always about you. And you can't be anything to anybody until you first understand what you are to yourself. Right. And you always just keep attracting this mess into your life, pushing it away, getting more mess, pushing it away, getting more mess, over and over again. Pass me, please. Still on, Brandon, you still on? I am. My phone was going in and out. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm actually just listening um, because I think that this is very interesting, and I'm still learning on this, so I'm just actually just listening. Until I have a comment, I will say it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Yeah, several things I think that uh, we use relationships to validate us first as someone who is worthy of being loved, but also as someone who I am going to make I'm going to make myself irreplaceable in your life. I think a lot of people do that too. So I'm going to make sure that I enter put myself into and dig myself into your life so I'm so intertwined in your life that you can't get rid of me. That's the one, that's the person who I'm going to, you know, help you do this. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to have all of this stuff. I'm going to be the perfect person for you so that I'm going to love you better than you've ever been loved in your life so that you can't get rid of me. And I think, of course, that's ego. It's all ego. 
Um, but that's that's your again that's your representative because what you're doing is you are basically once you get the person, then you have to worry about losing the person. So you spend most of your time instead of just being in an authentic relationship and letting the relationship flow as it may, and you learn you're learning from the relationship. You are fixated on now. I have to keep this person. I've got this person, I worked to get this person, and now I have to work to keep this person. So you're more interested in keeping the persona alive and to keep your representative intact that you don't concentrate on the actual relationship itself. So it's all a tag game of I'll prove this to you, you prove this to me. I prove this to you, you prove this to me. And there's no authenticity in the relationship. You don't get to know the person. And that's when you wake up, um, you know, a year later, and you have no idea who you're with. I think that happens quite often. You just don't know anything. You haven't gotten any closer to the person, and you have no idea who the person is. I guess it's all about appearance. I think that that happens by design. I think people do that by design. I think people use relationships as a distraction. Relationships become... A distraction. It's almost like, you know, being a star in your own reality show. You create all this turmoil and all of this uh, uh, chaos and clutter to mask or hide or get away from the aspect of you that you're too afraid to deal with. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree you, with that. I and agree. Then you turn, right. And then you turn <clears throat> all your attention toward that other person as if that other person has fallen short in the relationship when you know that it's a setup from the start. How many people operate from that perspective and never be honest about that fact? You know what I'm saying? You bring somebody mm-hmm. into your life to, first of all, fulfill those aspects of you that you yourself feel like you can't feel within yourself, so you have to pull someone in to do it for you. Then when they're not able to do it, you push them away. But at the same time, it's enough time for you to deal with them that you don't have to go clean your closet. You know what I mean? Right. You don't have to go clean out that that, that, that that shed that's full of crap that you don't even use anymore because your attention is put on something that's it really it, it's it's not really progressing to any capacity. You're just wasting your time. But it serves as a distraction to keep you from dealing with you. You're creating excuses. Most people live their entire life creating excuses. You know, this man, this man, this man, this man, this man, they take up large blocks of your life, and they're just serving as excuses to keep you occupied, to keep you from doing the real work. And relationships right. are almost like relationships are like a bag of potato chips, or or, or weed, or crack, or any other substance <laughs> that you need. You know, it's, right? Those are dealing too. with the real thing, of course. Right? It's junk food. Those are relationships too. Mm-hmm. It's junk food. Right. It's junk food. Most relationships are junk food. And then you know, you look at you. You walk down the grocery store, and you go, you stand in the, the line at the grocery store, and you see all these tabloid things, and they talk about all these relationships and the weddings, and you watch Doctor Phil, and you watch all of these shows <laughs> that are making money, and the wedding industry is ridiculous. They're making money off of fragmented and broken people who are trying to put themselves together with glue that doesn't work. It's a big exercise in futility. You're not doing anything. We're wasting time. Or it's yeah, it's a further it's a 
further distraction so you don't have to deal with this isn't real and this is going to fall apart, but I'm going to feel special for one day. I'm going to be beautiful. I'm going to be, you know, whatever. I'm going to be special. It's my day. So I'm going to feel special. So you get most, a lot of people concentrate on the wedding and don't concentrate on the actual relationship. So they get the, you know, the cake and the picture and the dresses and everything. The We're going to, you know, all of the details of the wedding. And then after the wedding over, you're sitting there looking at somebody who you don't know. You don't know. And you probably don't even like for them. Right. 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 Or even the ones that don't get married, or the ones that have the small weddings. And, you know, still, the, that person still serves as the same distraction. You know, it's just not as grand, but it's the same distraction. And then ultimately you wind up dumping all your trash on them, and you were never this, and you aren't that, and you aren't this. But you ever notice the people that have that conversation never once, once address what they aren't, as if they're everything. But right. if you were everything, your, your partner would reflect that back to you. Right. Right. So, again, it always comes back to you. It always comes back to you. So, you know, you can have five or six boyfriends, five or six relationships, or, you know, you know it doesn't even have to be a, a, an intimate relationship, but just your best friend, your coworker, or anybody that you did with most people are only in and if you notice this to be true, you get you can't deny this. When you're in a relationship with somebody, friend or and or otherwise, and you're doing good, and they're not quote doing as good as you are, you don't hear from them. Mm-hmm. Or when they feel like they they they're doing a little better than you are, you'll hear from them. Most relationships are competitive. It's like you know you're playing one on one. You might as well be playing basketball. With football or tennis, you find out a lot with women. You know, you find out a lot with women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have a question about that. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, you just said a lot of friendships have competition in them. Um, I actually have a friend. Um, they're not in my inner circle, but they're in a social, like a social friend who they're they're like very competitive. Um, it used to bother me um, how competitive they were, um, and then I realized how competitive I am. Um, so how do I deal with a competitive friend who who feels like they need to compete or find validation by use like they, they have to find validation uh, by competing with me? That's easy. Stop competing. Stop competing. Stop competing. Well, no, I no longer and compete with them. Huh? I said I no longer compete with them. I'm I'm just more aware. Now I'm more like transparent to it. Like it doesn't affect me, um, and I'm still willing to love that person. But it's right. like that person is like I'm I'm just not seeing how much um, I was killing myself, and I'm I am extending love and gratitude to that person, and I just I don't want them to um, kill themselves, their inner person, by mm-hmm. thinking they have to compete with me to feel good about themselves. Right. Well, go go in the opposite direction. As a matter of fact, don't don't just don't stop at not competing. Go in the opposite direction, and that will expose the most key component of the relationship. If it was only about competition, that person will fade away anyway. And if you're not interested in having a comp- competitive relationship, then that's you know you're not wasting your time with that. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, you have to change gears. Matter of fact, you know what I'm saying? Someone like hitting the reverse, going in reverse, and making that person react to you going in the opposite direction. You know, and if they're not willing to op- if they're not willing to pump the brake and say, okay, you know what? I'm not, you know, he's not willing to engage me at this particular capacity. You know, I, if I'm not willing to go where he is, then what's a re- that's not a relationship anyway. A relationship is reciprocal. You have to find common ground. You know what I'm saying? You can't pull someone all the way over to your side, or they pull you all the way over to their side. It shouldn't be that hard. If you if it's if it's that hard to find common ground, then you know what relationship do you have? That's right. 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 That is, but in this sense, that is the relationship. It's not healthy, but that's the relationship. It's, exactly. I need to. Obviously, this person feels that in your, if they're competing with you specifically, then they feel uncomfortable in your presence. There's something about you that makes them feel less than. And instead of uh, working at that, why do I feel insecure? around this person, they feel like, well, if I compete with him, then he's not as great as I'm making him out to be because if I compete with this person and I quote-unquote win, then he's not that great. I feel better about myself. Wow. That's deep. So, so I mean, what happens if it's on the... Because, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm saying they're, they're competing is an effort to... Again, it's a distraction because they don't want to work on themselves and to kind of try to level you to where they are so that they don't feel inferior when they're in your presence. Okay. Because it's about spirituality. That's usually what what the competitiveness comes from. Like, um, I, I know that, like, a lot of my friends feel different because I'm younger than a lot of them and I'm understanding the things that I'm understanding. And I don't, and you know, I don't allow my age to define me as a person or anything like that. And I'm not above admitting my faults, but I I find that like, um, the more that I live on my authentic life, the more that I find my purpose, the more that I'm in my lane, a lot of my friends that are not in their lane, um, they're 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 either trying to follow my my way of living, and they're not living their authentic life, or they're they're immediately going to the competitive nature versus just like saying, okay, who am I, and what is my authentic life? And so it's kind of just like it makes me really not want to be around them because it's just like I don't I don't feel like I know the real them now. Mm. Yeah, to me it sounds like well you know because <laughs> people think I'm supposed to be at this point at this age in my life. I'm supposed to be, so if they don't, it's, again, they're feeling inferior or insecure about not being where they think they're supposed to be based off of some outside source that this is where you're supposed to be (laughs) at this age. Um, So if they can compete with you, you're younger, and they feel like, well, I'm ahead of Brandon, so I'm I'm moving somewhere, I'm getting somewhere, I'm doing it, I'm doing something. It makes them feel better about themselves. But it's basically they are trying to validate themselves based off of some outside timeline that they think they need to follow. And you, being young and sharp 
and comfortable with yourself are a reminder of what they think that they are lacking. They're a big Wow. Exactly. Exactly. But the beautiful part of it is, you know, you, you, as you begin to live more from your authentic self, you have the choice to say, I choose not to be in that type of relationship. Choice is always yours. Right. Choice is always yours. You can always say, I choose not to be in that type of relationship. I choose not to be the watermark for the people around me. I choose not to be, you know, the the, the standard bearer or the, the measuring stick of the people around me. That's your choice. You know what I'm saying? And when you begin to live more authentically, you begin to put relationships in the proper perspective. So you can say, a relationship doesn't define me, therefore... If it's not healthy, I can walk away from it, you know. You begin to categorize things and you begin to become more aware of your emotions and you begin to be able to plug or unplug your emotions from unhealthy situations. A lot of times we we, we fall prey to our emotions and even though the dude is whipping our ass, we love him so we stay. Or even though, you know, the woman's taking all my money and cheating on me, I love her so I stay. And we fall prey to that, and we then and then we also try to define that as as an act of nobility. You know, I'm gonna stay because you know, like you were saying earlier, Nikki, I'm a ride or die chick, whatever the case may be. You're going to find a way to make yourself right either way. But living from your authentic self, again, you have the opportunity to redefine your relationships, and if there are relationships that you deem unhealthy or unworthy, and you're not reciprocal. <laughs> and they're not meeting you in the middle, and you're not getting as much as you're getting, and you're comfortable with that, or you're not comfortable with it, you have the opportunity to change that. And you're not bound to anything. I think some of the the worst thing that we do is we feel that we're bound to these obligations. You know, and that's a trick. Right. Because you wind up, you know, being something that you're ultimately unhappy with, and that's destructive. If you continue to be in a situation that you're unhappy with year and year and year in and year out constantly, you're you're on a path to destruction. Somehow you're going to self destruct. You're going to self destruct. And that that may manifest itself in, in harmful ways or not so harmful ways, but either way it's detrimental to you. You know? Oh we, Right. Well and there is no yeah, there is no standing still. So you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Exactly. And this whole thing is about relationships. So the people who you surround you, surround yourself with are either helping you move forward right. or they're helping you move backwards. Either way, if you are one of the, another one of my favorite sayings is if you are the smartest one in the room, you need to find a new room. Yep. Because that means that they're pulling you back. Yep. And one of the part of the growing pains of you know growing on this you know spiritual path, the spiritual journey is you outgrow people, and people they don't really really learn. You kind of have to learn on your own and develop what it is like to end those relationships. Not because you don't love the people anymore, but because it's, you need to, you've outgrown them. You need to, you know, stretch your wings out, and and around them, you have to make yourself small, and in order for them to feel comfortable. 
and you're not serving yourself, but you're not serving anyone by making yourself small. So it's one of those things you kind of have to assess. Sometimes there are, depending on the amount of contact we have with these people or the type of relationship that we have, you can kind of compartmentalize the relationship and say, well, under this context, I only have to deal with this person, you know, on holidays, or I only have to deal with this person at work, or I only have to deal with this person when I spend time with my friend so-and-so. And so when you do, you can still make it under your terms. You're still dealing with that person under your terms so that you're still learning and getting something out of it. But don't let them see around you under those circumstances where you have to lessen yourself or make yourself small in order to deal with that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, guys, I've got to hang up. I'm, on, I'm about to be on a date. I'm an hour late. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm going to let my <laughs> ego shine a little bit. <laughs> Look, I'm going to let my ego shine a little bit. I'll talk to y'all later. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Keeping those relationships. Um, So, any type of relationship, romantic, friendships, I know, especially like friendships that you've had since, you know, high school or people you grew up with or people that you've known forever and you think like, well, this has been my friend forever. We don't really have that much in common. I can't talk to the person. It's volatile. Every time we get together and we argue, I don't feel comfortable. We struggle to have a conversation, but I love this person because I've known this person forever. Sometimes, mm-hmm. although it's very difficult, you have to let go. Of course, you know nothing is more nothing is worse than an obligatory relationship. Nothing right. is worse. There's no feeling. There's no emotion. It's just obligation. And the the obligation seems to long to last long after the usefulness does. All you have is obligation. So when all you have is obligation, you know, when all the meat falls away and you're just hanging on to the bone, what are you hanging on to the bone for? You know, time to let that go too. You know, and that's that's one of those, another one of those societal tricks that, you know, we use to define ourselves. I'm a loyal person. And you can put that in your back pocket, you know, as one of the cards that you have that shows that you're a good person, your loyalty. You know, even though somebody shits on you, you know, you continue to be loyal in spite of. Right. You, you think know, that's, that's noble, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> right, it's the right thing to do. It's the right, right thing to do. But, you know, in the long run, you're basically pushing yourself in your own evolution further and further behind. You know, that's just another layer of crap that you have to come from under. You know, and you're already under all of the other layers of crap that you have to deal with and sort through, and that's just another one of those unneeded layers that you kind of put on yourself to keep from dealing with yourself. That's the part that I think that you always you always know. You know what I'm saying? You always know what's going on, even if you don't come out and admit it to yourself. You know why you're wasting your time with somebody. You know, it's not just I'm wasting my time. You're getting something out of it. And that time being wasted 
is usually time that you don't want to use to do the hard stuff. You know, in terms of <clears throat> removing all those negative traits that you don't like about yourself because that means you're going to have to go into some real dark spaces and put some light in some rooms that ain't never had light in them before. Right. And we'd rather not How many do that. people stay? How many people stay in relationships because they don't want to have to expose themselves to another person and get to know someone else all over again because they don't right. feel like I can't, right. I can't, I can't expect somebody else to love me if this person loves me. Although I'm, this relationship is dead, I'm done. I'm not confident that somebody else is going to love me or I don't want to make myself vulnerable all over again because it's too hard, too uncomfortable. So you just say, right. it's miserable, right. but it's, it's familiar and it's comfortable. So I'm going to say. That's part of the hard work. That's part of the hard work. Being vulnerable is the hardest thing that you can do. But being vulnerable is the fastest way to grow to maturity. Right. You know, yeah. that's you the fastest it. way to growth and maturity. So, you know, going back to what I said earlier, doing that same thing, masking and hiding and ducking and dodging, you're 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 actually you're not serving yourself, you're harming yourself. You're harming yourself in the long run. So what is vulnerable? What does that look like? Vulnerable looks like okay, in the instance that you were just talking about finding somebody else and getting used to somebody else and, you know, being in another relationship. Take that aspect of vulnerability. When you meet somebody new and you're willing to be authentic, you're willing to show your warts out the door. So when you meet that person, you're not throwing your representative out there, this is what I am, this is who I am, this is why I am, this is why I'm not. Being that open and authentic to someone else and showing yourself and not worrying about what they'll do with that. And if they take it and harm you with it, then even accepting or analyzing the harm that was done, the quote-unquote harm that was done to you, analyzing that and, and, and ingesting whatever message that you were to get out of that and adding that to your development and growth. Because when you think about it, the only thing that you're scared of is fear. Nobody can hurt you other than somebody hitting you upside your head physically. Someone can, you know, if someone, quote, unquote, breaks your heart, is your heart really broken? I mean, is it laying in your chest in a thousand pieces? Right. Or is it a feeling that you're afraid to feel? It's like putting things, you have to put things in the proper context. We're not afraid. We're, we're afraid of feelings. We're not afraid of people. You know, you have to look at it for what it is. It's not people that you're afraid of. It's not the relationship that you're afraid of. It's the feeling of feeling abandoned or, or betrayed or left or whatever negative feeling that you have. That's what you're afraid of. But when you walk directly into that feeling and you feel it for what it is and you realize, damn, it's a feeling. It didn't kill me. I'm still here. I didn't go anywhere. I'm still standing, and you're stronger for it. You know, and that doesn't mean put up these walls. I'm never going to let somebody in. I'm never going to let somebody hurt me again. And mm-hmm. you know, all of that comes from once you start walling your walling people out, you're walling yourself in. 
you know, and, and then you begin to atrophy and shrink again. And the initial work is going back and understanding what you are and why you're here. When you start to entertain the idea that you are a human being and this is the sum total of your existence, all of these things become overwhelmingly real to you. Heartbreak, heartache, loss, death, and all of that because you don't have any other perspective. Doing the real work and understanding who you are is first understanding that you're an infinite being. You always were and you always will be, period. So anything that you feel and experience is just that, an experience for you to feel, to mature and grow from, period. So when you start to hold up the idea that, you know, this is going to hurt so bad or, you know, I got 80 years to get this right and I got to live all I can because tomorrow isn't promised to you, and you start putting all of these assignments to life, then you start living from that fear perspective. You start grounding yourself to life. And life, essentially, life itself is exactly that, fear. That's what it is. That's what it is, period. You can't divorce, you can't divorce the idea of fear from life. Anytime you think of any capacity or any, any, any component of life, Fear is right there beside it. So anytime you live from that fear-based perspective, you're always going to have these limitations. So when you begin to understand and live from the idea that I'm an infinite being, I've never died. EMD, energy never died. I have never died, and I never will. You begin to start liberating yourself from these fears. And then you can look at everything as an experience. It's something, yeah, something that you live in, you, you run into. Um, so I think that um, one thing that you mentioned when you said, um, you know, I thought was really poignant is when you start building walls to block people out, you're blocking yourself in. So the more walls that you build, the less of your authentic self that can be seen, and if you're not being authentic, if you build up walls, you can't attract anyone who is authentic as well. Right. Right. The less authentic you are, the more time you're wasting. And you have to decide what's more important. Is it more important to be comfortable and look good, or is it more or is it more important to get what I came to get in this incarnation so I can move on to the next thing? You know, it's always, to me, it used to be small picture because that's all I knew. Right. Well, I think it's all, well, first of all, it's all a learning process for all of us, so we'd all be in the very first relationship that we're ever in. Um, but also, one of the things that when you hear about people saying, I'm looking, you know, I want to be in a relationship, I'm looking for, what are some of the things that you would say or you would suggest people, you know, they, oh, I want somebody who is, you know, career-oriented, and I want somebody who makes business money and somebody who, you know, thinks, you know, likes these activities and this person that, all this outside stuff that really isn't getting to the heart of who they are. It doesn't say anything about who they are. It's just what they do. What are some things that you would suggest if, if you're daughter or your sister or someone that you cared about came to you and said, what is it that I'm looking, what is it that I look for, what would you say? 
first of all, I would say if that's what you look for, you can find that anywhere. You might as well, you know, if if that's one of my kids and that's their conversation, they're looking for a goal-oriented, career-oriented person, you know, my 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 advice to them would be, okay, get that, find that, live that, be happy, but know mm-hmm. you're going to be shitting, pissing and shitting in the hug again. <laughs> you're doing this over. You know what I'm saying? The moment that you buy into the idea that you're here to be comfortable, you missed it. The moment that you buy into the idea that you're here to find the path of least resistance and accumulate as much comfort as you possibly can, you're here again. It's you know, it's as simple as that. And and, and there's two sides to the coin. You can decide what side you want to be on. You want to be on the side where you want to play the game and look pretty or be on the side where you want to get something out of this. And none of us came here to play and look pretty. None of us. We didn't come here for that. If you find yourself adorned in flesh, you didn't come here to play and be comfortable. You know, and, and if you one of my kids, and that's our conversation, I'm giving it to you just like that. That's not why you're here. And until you understand that fact, you might as well, you know, go find that person that you're looking for. If that is the sum total of what you believe to be you, then by all means, find that person that matches that energy. Of course you will, but know that you're getting a do-over. Several. Several do <laughs> You know? That's not it. That's not why we're here. You know, and, and, and I'm like, I'm at the point now where I, I'm. it's hard for me to candy coat stuff. You know, it's hard for me to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you need to do this and you need to do that because it's cut and dry. And all the stuff that we throw on top of it and mask it with are just things that, really aren't necessary. It's, just, it's, just, it's as simple as that. When you understand what it is you're here for, you automatically know that you're not here to lay up treasure. You're not here to accumulate material. You're not here to find the best job and get the best car and live in the best community, find the best zip code, find the best schooling system. You're not here for that. But if you are here for that, you're Chances are you're very, very young on the evolutionary chain, and you got a long way to go. Period. Again, okay. No, she said she was calling in, but I did not. I haven't seen her. Um, and one thing that <laughs> I've learned, I don't, I don't have, I don't have it on, and maybe my, my connection oh. might be slower than yours. Um, one thing that I've learned with the whole, you know, relate, and this is friendships, romantic relationships, everyone, is the spiritual partnership aspect where I am at the point in my life and where, where I think that most relationships, oh, she said she's here, must be listening. Um, I don't think... Candace, if you are listening, if you're on, I don't see your phone number, and it might be my internet acting up. Uh, call back in. Or click it. Can you click yeah. her on? Because I can't. Yeah, I put her on. 
Okay. My internet, well, the clock is still going, but I still have the original three callers. Can you hear me? Yeah. The spiritual partnerships where I want someone who I know is at least working on themselves, where I know everything that they bring to me is going to be authentic or on its way to authentic so that they can suggest, if they tell me things, I can trust that it's coming from somewhere, not from fear, but somewhere from their authentic selves, and they're telling me because I they think that it is going to improve me, improve my situation, so that I don't take it personally, and I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm going to consider it as, you know, thank you for telling me that. That's something that you obviously thought I should know. Um, as a component in every relationship. And if you can't, if you don't have enough trust or enough security in yourself to be able to receive some of those, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, the slaps in the face, the blunt comments, then, again, that's something that is not whole and secure in yourself that you need to fix. But if you can't, re- if you can't receive that, or you can't trust that that person is telling you something because it's for your own good, then I think you should seriously consider whether you should be in a relationship with that type of person. They're not going to lash out at you or try to hurt you um, out of just for the sake of hurting you or because we're arguing, now you want to say hurtful things to me because you want me to feel bad. And then later on come back and say, oh, I didn't mean that. It was just because we're arguing. Anything that you say to me should be for my own good because it's coming from somewhere authentic. So you're telling me so that I can improve upon myself. True. Um, True. And all that superficial stuff, all the stuff that can be taken away from you, the cars, the house, the job, the money, all of that stuff that is, as soon as you get it, as soon as it's in your hands, it's on its way out of your hands. Um, all of those things that are, you know, material and permanent should not be factored into why you choose someone. No, so they're temporal. They're not. They're, there's nothing permanent about that. There's nothing permanent about that. You know, so you can't create a permanent relationship or anchor a permanent union with impermanent things. Right. You know, that's that's an impossibility. That's 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 not feasible. Yeah, it's like trying to you know build a house on quicksand. It might look nice for a little while, but eventually it's going to sink or it's going to slide off the side of the mountain. Right, right. But it's it's interesting because a lot of times that's the that's most of the relationships. If you survey most of the people in your life and you listen to the conversations, and you listen to, you know, conversations in general, and that's, what, that's what relationships are. That's what they've been reduced to, as with everything else. It's all been reduced to these temporary means of gratification or status. You know, we've become so interested in what we look like that we forget everything else. You know, you'll be in a, you you'll know somebody or a relative that's in a relationship that's hiding the fact that it's hell and smiling mm-hmm. on the outside because 
They don't want anybody to, you know, think negatively or feel, you know, or they don't want anyone to think that, you know, or know what's really going on. It's just, just being that honest. As if that's <clears throat> something you should be embarrassed about. You know? How many people do that? How many people create this facade and say that it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but they're miserable? Just for the sake of someone, someone's approval. Mm. But that comes you know? with, like, you have a five.
when you see what these people are going through and you're like, you don't have to, that's so unnecessary. You don't have to do that. Or why are you letting fear, if you could just get right on the other side of that fear, you'd realize how how small it really is and how big you're making it out to be. But it's really just a little bitty, you know, molehill that you're making this mountain out. You're making it out to be a mountain and it's really not. You can just walk through the mountain. The mountain is made of smoke. Right, but the imagination is one of the greatest tools of the human mind. It will will build build or it will destroy. Right. Build or it will destroy. And when you think about that famous quote that JFK said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. When you really think about that, man, that's even. That's even. It's so true. Mm -hmm. So true. You know, and how many people just step over that quote and not really, you know, look at it or, or, or try to understand it? Mm-hmm. But you're fearful. You're you're afraid of fear, period. That's it. Right. And that's, it's 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 about living in the now, too, because anything that you're fearing is, is you're living in the future <laughs> because of something that happened in the past. So... You're anticipating what might happen in the future with your fear based off of something that doesn't even exist anymore because you were hurt in the past and you're trying to prevent something else from happening in the future and you're not living your now. So it's about living what's going on right now. Whatever's happening right now is what you should be concentrating on because that's the only thing that's real. Amen. Right. Um, to answer your question, um, I've seen a situation with one of my good friends, and they're actually wanting to be around more status individuals. Like, they they want to be around people who are only status-oriented, like, you know, the leaders of the Denver community, the Dem- the leader of the Denver art society and um, economic society and all of that. And I I don't think that's a horrible thing uh, with putting yourself out there because I know, like, when you want to put yourself out into the world or market yourself, if you will, I know that you do have to surround yourself around like-minded people who understand business and and all that other stuff. Um, But I, I do think that it's detrimental to the spirit when your focus is just on being around people or just being with people who are only fit one mold of a status. Well, yeah, and those people are, you know, you're just looking for, you know, you're just looking for one aspect, but those people aren't even, that's not even those people. You're just looking again for something that is just based off of appearance or what it may or may not get you, mm. but it really has nothing to do with who those people are. Um, it has more to do with, again, it's 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 a, it's an ego thing and it's you lacking or you feeling like you need to hang out with these people because of something that you're lacking. Those people, I think, like in a prior show when you mentioned, it's not the people, the people who are most enlightened or in the most fulfilled are the people who you don't see and you don't hear about. It's not those people who are seeking status, seeking titles, seeking 
uh, letters behind their name. They want the, the degrees and the PhDs and the titles and the labels. Those are the ones that don't have enough, and they're trying to look for stuff to steal themselves. So the people who want to hang out with those people so that they can kind of get the residual effects from those people are lacking even more, hoping that something will rub off and they'll feel as important as they see these people. So, um, of course, that is youth. That's one of those, I don't have it, but you do, so I'm going to get it vicariously through you. So those are the relationships that I seek so that I can live vicariously through someone instead of getting it myself because I don't think Mm. I can or I'm too lazy to do it myself or I don't think I'm worthy or there's no way that I'm Mm. going to get that because that's not, I'm I'm too limited in order to be privy to get that, but you have. Um, And once you attain that and you realize that it's nothing that you thought it was, because, again, once you get behind, anything looks, you know, everything that you can see, it looks smooth and comfortable on the surface. It's like, you know, ducks floating on a pond. They look like they're floating very seamlessly and effortlessly, and then you look at right below the surface and their little feet are going crazy. Work, 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 work. That's what it's like. Once you get on the inside and you can see what's really going on, it's not as flawless and pretty as you think it was when you look at it from afar. Again, it falls apart. Um, I'd say for me, one of the things that I I see or I notice is um, the, the outside, people trying to use... Um, appearances to see, look, this person loves me, whether it's gifts that this person's given me or look, they have to display what they have or what they've done or the open displays of, you know, what they affection or whatever to try to prove that, look, I am in this loving relationship because they don't feel it. They have to try mm-hmm. to force it. So when you see people who are trying too hard or on Facebook every single, every time they do something, they got to, oh, we did this, or he bought me this, or he did this, or look at this, or we're so happy. People who say, oh, we're so happy, we're so happy. That is a red flag to say, you are not happy. Oh, he loves me so much. No, you're not feeling it because you're trying to, who are you trying to convince, the people that you're telling Mm. or yourself? So that's one of the things, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's not good because if you're trying that hard to convince me, you must be really, really trying hard to convince yourself. You're not feeling it. It's not authentic. So, you know, most of the people who I know are just like, you know, I'm I'm fine, I'm comfortable, I don't have to display it. I don't have to oh, look how much look how much this person loves me. He you know, he did this for me or he did that for me or he's going to do this or he's doing this right now. I, I don't I don't I don't know it unless you are doing something for me to show me as an outward expression of your love so that other people can see, look, I'm loved, look how loved I am. Which is what I think the whole, you know, when people have big weddings or they have, you know, rings or whatever, it's look how much this person loves me or gifts or this person is going to do this for me or this person bought me this. It's look, I'm lovable. Look, this person loves me. There must be some truth to it because look what this person is doing for me. Otherwise, I wouldn't know that I was lovable 
except for this person is showing me that I am. Confidence is quiet. Confidence okay. isn't loud. Confidence isn't drawing attention to yourself. Confidence isn't the person who's up there talking about, look how confident I am. Confidence just is. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, that's the same with an authentic relationship. It just is. You're you're in an authentic relationship when you can just sit quietly in a room and not say anything and not have to fill the air with empty chatter. Or you don't have to broadcast your love so everybody else can see it. Or you don't have to scour the person with extravagant things to prove what it is that you feel on the inside. It just is. You know, it just is. That's why I'm so I'm so against like Valentine's Day and all of that kind of stuff. I'm falling into society's demand that you show that you have love for somebody. I think that's a slippery slope. I think that's a very slippery slope. And I think a lot of us fall prey to that as well. You know, we we want people to see or think that we're in these relationships that are really more than they are. That's like, you know, you see those people riding around, you see them all the time with expensive clothes on and driving, you know, the the, the expensive European luxury cars, sports cars, and they're barely keeping gas. And then you run past somebody who's driving, like like, uh, Jake Plummer, used to drive the, the Honda Accord. Everywhere that he went. And he had more money than half the people that were riding expensive cars. It's not about showing for money what it is that you have. It's just being it. You know, and when, you, when you have to keep finding relationships that show people, other people, that you have this authentic means of expression, then it's really not authentic at all. Never authentic. Actually, the opposite. Right. Absolutely. Or people, again, trying to keep up with society's idea of what they're supposed to do or what they're supposed to be by a certain age. All my friends are in relationships, and I'm the only one not in a relationship, so I'm just going to accept the next one that comes my way and try to make it work because I'm obviously something's wrong with me or I'm the loser because, um, I'm the only one who's not in a relationship. So then you start doubting yourself. You know, what's wrong with me? Why am I not in a relationship? Why can't I find love? Everybody else is in love. I want to be in love. But the, the idea of being in love, they're in love with the whole idea of being in love. I want to be in love. I want to be happy. I want to have this. I want to be able to wake up with someone every morning. I want to be able to, um, you know, Somebody to call me and check to see how I'm doing at work every day. And I want to, you know, because that's what you see and that's what you think. Again, you're comparing somebody else's, you know, edited life to your your um, unedited, you know, newsreel so that theirs looks a lot better than yours, but you have no idea what's on the cutting room floor they've already cut out. Again, and that's the whole competition thing. Comparing anytime you compare yourself to someone else, you're setting yourself up because you have no idea. You don't know anyone. You don't know anyone's life is like behind closed doors. Right. And that's that's what's wrong with the whole competition thing too. Anytime, anytime you think your life has anything to do with anybody else's life, you're setting yourself right. up. 
nobody's journey, what everybody, what anybody else is doing has nothing to do with you. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. What someone else has has nothing to do with you. What someone else is doing has nothing to do with you. That's their journey. So what they have something that you think I should have that or I want that, there's a whole package that comes along with that. You're just seeing the after effects. You're seeing the cleaned up version. But you don't know what was happening behind the scenes and you don't know what led up to them having that. And if you have that, then you have to have everything that comes along with that. And that might not that might be something that you're not willing to sign yourself up for. So whenever we look at someone else's life or somebody else's relationship and say, Oh, they are so cute. They have the perfect relationship. They're so happy. I want that. You have no idea what you're saying that you want. Right. You want a glimpse. You want a no you idea. want a sound bite. You want a piece of what you think right. is the overall picture and it's just that a glimpse of a sound bite. Right. Never the actual thing. Yeah. Life isn't like a movie where at the end of the story the credits roll and everybody looks at play as after. You know, it continues, it goes on. And all of those blank spaces and idle time and, 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 and opportunity have to be filled with something and it's not always pretty. You know? I think some of the best relationships though, some of the some of the most authentic relationships are ones that you're able to sit down and hash out your differences. You're able to say those things and you trust the person that you're with enough to know that they're saying them, not to tear you down, but to lift you up. You know, that's yeah. that's a real relationship. Right. You know, but if you if you have a mistrust in what your partner is saying, it's stemming from a mistrust that you have within yourself. You know, some people want to say, okay, they showed me that I can't trust them. You know, it's not, it's not really that easy to pull back trust. You have to have that component already within you to see that component in somebody else. You know, if you're a person that's hard to trust other people, it means that you're untrustworthy. Right. Right. But we use we use we use relationships as scapegoats. You know, we, we throw these labels on these people outside of ourselves but we're actually talking about ourselves. When we're being the accuser of other people, we're throwing shade. We're basically throwing the shade off of us as being the culprit. There's a lot of games you play with yourself within the dynamics of a relationship, but it always comes back to you. Right. All right, ten has more to do with it's not what you say that you want, but it's what you feel you deserve that you get. And that's right. with relationships, that's with life, that's with everything. You can say that you want something whole and something loving and something nurturing, but if you subconsciously feel like I don't deserve that because I'm not that, or you didn't grow up seeing it, or whatever it is in your life you think you don't, something that you don't feel like you're ashamed, you're hiding something shameful and you think that you don't deserve that, then that you're going to get what you believe you deserve. And that goes with relationships and everything else. Mm. Right. Right. 
what was the game that you playing with you? Yeah. What was the game that you're playing with you? You bring other people in to achieve things. Of the very things that you're guilty of. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you're playing home. <laughs> you're playing, you know, when you were little, you got the dollhouse with the Barbie house, and you had Barbie and Ken, and you had the Barbie dream house, and Corvette, and you had them doing different stuff, and had Barbie riding with Ken. Why was Ken always naked? <laughs> Ken was all my sister had Ken. Everybody that I know that had Ken. Barbie too. (laughs) (laughs) They were always naked. Everybody took their clothes off. Everybody took their clothes off. Right. And the Thomas was (laughs) wrapped Right. They were always naked. But you know, that's that's what relationships kind of are. It's it's a three-dimensional, flesh and bone reality house. And you set up these scenarios and you set up these parameters and conditions and you operate within those. And when somebody breaks your rules or your laws or whatever, you take their clothes off and throw them in a toy box. You don't play with them anymore. Okay. But again, it always comes back to, you know, how you feel about yourself. The bottom line, you know, it's, it's nothing glamorous about it. That's just pretty much what it is. It's, there's nothing glamorous or noble about it. It's just what you feel about yourself. Your life reflects what you feel about you. Right. And it always will. You know, and as much as many things or, or, or surrounding yourself with things or piling things on top of you and trying to hide who you are just serves as more clutter. You might as well be a hoarder. It's, it's hoarders. That's hoard. That's what hoarding is. That's what hoarding is. You might as well be on that show with that chick that had the poop in her closet. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of poop in the closet, what about... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who hadn't seen that show, this lady was—they didn't have any running water, and so they were. She was. Oh, they were pooping in plastic bags and put them in a closet for ten years. Oh my God. Um. Yes. Mhm. Wow. Um, speaking of old poop in the closet, um, what about people who bring another one, bringing old ba- bringing their old baggage into a new relationship? Um, <clears throat> which happens. All the time, you walk into whatever the person you you make the new relationship pay for what the the person in the old relationship did. Although they have no, most people don't start with a clean slate because they haven't cleared all of the baggage from the old relationship before they enter a new relationship, and so they're carrying that in there, and they're saying, "Here, you need to clean this up. You need to make me feel better about this." Which means you they have to the stuff inside their self because that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. all of the trust issues and everything that the the other person stirred up and the right. other, all of the, they now want, the, yeah, you now want the new relationship to, instead of allowing yourself time to mend and heal or work on that, 
you put some quick little band-aids and you put a band-aid on your bullet wound and expect the other person to be able to perform a miracle and get rid of it for you when you didn't do it yourself. It's only something you can do yourself. Right. Right. So it's it's a distraction again. So instead of doing the work, you go find somebody else to blame for everything that you feel about you. Right. Yeah, or you people. end up looking for the same thing. So you are, you know, if it's a trust issue and, and you enter a new relationship and you're checking the person's phone all the time or email or or every time they walk out the door, you're, you know, where are you going and accusatory right. all the time. You're creating that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're creating it. You will find what you're looking for if you look hard enough for it. Nikki. Nikki. Yes. Justin yes. said you got a hot. Justin said you got a hot radio voice. Shout out I have to a Justin. Hot radio voice. Oh. <laughs> he just texted me. He said, "Justin, just text me." He said, "Give me shout out to your boy. Give your boy a shout out." Word. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> he got sexier after that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't it? Damn. <laughs> he said your wife got a sexy radio voice. <laughs> I'm hot. You're hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's you know on one of the podcasts we're gonna do a whole little yoga thing since I I have to get my or not yoga um meditation get my, my meditation voice on. There you go. That's right. <laughs> there you go. You can make me a special private one. Okay. I'm gonna play it off. Barry White, Barry White in the background. Oh, goodness. Barry White, Speaking of relationships, um, so anyway, how much time we got left? My computer completely conked out. You got ten minutes. You got ten minutes. We got ten minutes. Okay. We got eight minutes. Okay. So any um, last? I'm sorry about the. We had some other callers that couldn't call in, or didn't get through. Um, so sorry about the callers. Um, you can, if you are, you can text me or email me or text me or email me. Um, if anybody wants to or. If you know me, call in. I'm not going to put my personal phone number out here. But uh, the people who are were trying to call in, we put it on Facebook, or you can put it on Facebook. You want to put it on my Facebook? Uh, you can do that too if you have a specific question in the last ten minutes. What's the number? What's the number? Um, I have a couple people who tried to who tried to text me or put something on Facebook saying that they tried to call in. So we're having technical difficulties, so sorry for whoever did not get through, but hopefully we will get that fixed um, for the next show. Um, But if you have a question, we only have a few more minutes left, but if you have a question and you want to Facebook it, um, I'm on my Facebook page. So you can just put it on my wall, and I will be happy to um, put your question on there. Wow. So we'll see if we get that. Um, any last thoughts or comments? I have a comment. Never mind. 
course. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to sit here and gauge exactly what it was that I was trying to convey and whether or not I was effective in conveying it. You know, I mean, we can go around and around and around and around and around about relationships and the different dynamics that accompany relationships. I'm to the point now where I'm probably the most cut-to-the-quick guy that you're ever going to come across at this point. You know, it's hard for me to try to talk about the symptoms. I'm always wanting to address the cold, straight ahead. Let's, just, let's address the cold. If we address the cold, the symptoms will subside. You know, I mean, I guess for radio sake, it's good to talk about each symptom and each, you know, runny nose, stuffy head, fever, you know, and all of that good stuff. But I guess where I am in my in the stage of development, where I find myself nowadays is I want to go straight to the root. You know, I want to get in the ground, dig the root up, and analyze the root because the root tells you everything about the tree. You know, and I, I guess it doesn't make for good radio, but, you know, that's that's kind of where I find myself now. So, you know, all my replies and all of my my uh, analysis pretty much go directly to the root, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I find oh, myself I being that's... more interested. Go ahead. Oh, I think that is that that's you know the key. That's the that's the difference between the you know friendship type of relationships and those that are spiritual partners. Is you can you know cut to the quick and and you know tell the person what's happening at the root rather than sugarcoat it and try to make the person feel better. We have most of our relationships where we want those false relationships where people. We count on people to, we go to people, just like when you say, when you see somebody in the elevator, you pass someone on the street and they say, how are you? And they say, you say fine, whether you're fine or not, because that's what they want to hear. They don't really want to hear how you're doing. When you ask someone advice or you enter a relationship, you want the person to make you feel better about yourself. You don't want them to tell you the truth. And that's most of the, that's most of the time what people are asking when they say, they come to you with something or they enter a relationship, it makes me feel better about myself, even if it's not the truth. I want you to make me feel better about myself. When you are living in an authentic place, you can't do that. You have to tell them, you know, this is what I see. This is what, you know, it doesn't mean it's not reflective of who you are, but this is what I am experiencing, and this is something that I see may or may not be helpful, but this is what I see, and this is what I need to tell you. Now, how you take that is up to you. I'm only responsible for my half of the message. How you take that and what you do with it is up to you. If you want to resent me, if that turns you off, if that pushes you away, I'm sorry, but just know. Like I, I try to tell people, if I tell you something, it is because I authentically and honestly believe that it's going to help you. I'm not going to tell you something because it's going to boost my ego and make me feel better about myself to make you feel bad. If it happens to be something that I think may be hurtful, it is because I really feel you need to know nobody has bothered to tell you, but I'm going to bother to tell you. I'm going to be Like, yo, yo, you, you got a boogie in your nose. Yes, don't let me walk around with a big old nasty hairy <laughs> they're sticking out my nose, and I think I'm cute. 
and you sitting there looking at the Booker Hangout windows, and I looked back on my day, and I've talked to 15 people, and they all looked at me with the Booger hanging out of my nose, and everybody was telling me, tell me the Booger's hanging out of my nose. Ouch, yes, it's going to hurt. But it's better than me walking around for the rest of the day with the bugger on my nose. Right. You got four minutes left. But at least you know who those people are. It's the ones that don't tell you. And that's perfect to people who, yeah, your true friends will tell me that there's a big old nasty bugger hanging on my nose. Well, also let you know the people who are scared to get their feelings hurt because they didn't tell you because they would fear their embarrassment. That's how I look at it. Like, so I know who I'm dealing with when I. Right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's those people who, right, again, don't want to embarrass you because they don't want to be, they fear, they fear being embarrassed themselves. They're some punks. They're scared. Right. You scared. You scared. You got two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Okay. Okay, so um, any last comments before we close? No, we good. Okay. All right. Well, we I want to thank everyone um, for living this experience with us and discussing this, you know, very hot topic of relationships and ego. I hope everyone out there listening was able to get something out of it and, you know, maybe have something if it's not useful for you, maybe you can take away um, and share with someone else that you know. Something that we, something that we talked about, hopefully touched you in some way or can touch someone that you know. Um, if you have any questions or comments, again, let us know. Um, we do have an email that is you letter U R letter R immortals two number two at gmail dot com. So it's you are immortal two at gmail dot com. Please let us know what you think of the show. If you have any ideas for future shows or if you just want to say hi, have any comments, anything at all, um, let us know what your comments are. So thank you very much to Candace and Brandon and Sean for your gracious and invaluable input, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Bye.
Prince of Wisdom.